0: My mama would say You gotta fight for what is right To her I would say So of the world keeps you up at night when you're running with no end inside, that you would never find the light you lost inside that you could find. you could
1: Good evening, Patriots. And tonight is Saturday, March 2nd, in the year 2024. We're going to start this evening with a prayer, and it's a prayer for Leah and Michelle's mother, who is currently in the hospital. Um, She has come down with uh, what it looks to be COVID, well, that's not really COVID, just the complications of this flu, really. I'm just going, I hate even using the term COVID, but it's a, uh, whatever it is we're dealing with these days, and it's just complications of the the environment we're in, this flu that nobody knows what it is, and then it's just gotten worse, and she's ended up with um, an issue of very low sodium, which is a consequence of just a lot of things. In in the process over the last week or so, she's been very sick, and the low sodium. I I didn't really realize how dangerous that can be. So low sodium can be a very dangerous event to have, and low sodium. Once you get it low, I'm learning all this today, so I'm just sharing it. Once it gets low, you can't you can't quickly restore it. That's the thing they have to. That's why they're ended up in the hospital um to get in there and they're monitoring her they've they uh and then there's a with this as a result there's been a thrush infection in the throat which has caused a lot of and that's a, a yeast candida infection which has caused an swelling of the throat so it's been hard to breathe so anyway at least all that said um it's been a long night and a hard day for them both i've been kind of on the phone with them on and off throughout the day we've been praying and Christine uh, Cantrell joined in the prayers today, but I'd, I'd like to begin tonight with a prayer for their mom and, and them as they, they're going to be, she's going to be in there for, I guess, two or three days in the hospital as they work those low sodium levels back up, monitor her, and uh, Michelle and Lee are doing shifts at the hospital. What's interesting, I just want to highlight this, obviously there's always a concern in going to the hospital, and when they brought her in there, they tried to COVID test her, And Michelle put her foot down and said, no, under no circumstances, which they said, okay, we can't make you do that, which is good. I mean, that's obviously showing a shift in protocols, but then get this, this is the part that drives me nuts. Um, The physician's assistant comes back in later and he says, this is before the test results were back. And the physician's assistant comes back in and says... I wish we had tested your mom for COVID because we could have put her on the protocols. Well, we know exactly what those protocols are. It's called remdesivir, and, and it's a ventilator, which is, in, to translate his words, I wish we could have put her on the protocols so she would have been killed in this hospital so we would make more money. That's literally the mindset. And here's the worst part is that that doctor saying that before the test results come back. A doctor that they were, they were getting advice from an online doctor said, it sounds like she has low sodium, and what comes back after they do the blood panel? She has low sodium. Had nothing to do with COVID. These people in the hospital, I swear they're Satan's Satan's pets. But anyway, let's pray for this right now, and we'll get this going. Father, God, I just want to thank you for today, and we just want to pray for Michelle and Leah's mom. She's in the hospital, as we know, and we're just praying for her health and restoration. And we're just going to pray life into her heart, and we're going to pray recovery, pray recovery into her whole body. And we just pray the Holy Spirit just flows through her from head to toe and toe to head and just completely flushes out any of the infection that is there. And we just lift her up, Father, and just in, in just the glory and the light of all that you bring. And Jesus, we just ask that you can be there right now and just place your hand upon her and just as we breathe life and and love into her and restoration into her and just totally restore this body to the perfection as His kingdom intended. And this hedge of protection now is just going to wrap around her. It's going to protect her against any ills that may come by way of being in the hospital. It's going to protect her. And we're going to ensure and declare upon her that only the correct treatments that God would approve will be upon her. Nothing to do with this COVID con. And just going to pray life and we're going to rebuke any any word curses that are spoken upon her. And instead, we're going to speak life, restoration, and love within her heart. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name, amen, which is important, right? I'm going to read this piece. I, I read it uh, the other night, but I think it's really important to read. We're going to kind of get set the stage for tonight a little bit. And actually, before we get there, let me do this. There's a couple of pieces I want to play. And where I want to kind of go with this tonight, we're going to talk about a number of things in kind of the change of the world. But at the core of this, after we kind of get through the change of the world and framing it, we're, we're going to end at a place of talking about food. I spent the afternoon working with the cows. I've got people like the cow report. So here's your, here's your ca- cow herd report. Uh, there's, I officially counted every one today, and this has been difficult to get them all in one place, but they were all there today. So I have 15 calves, we have 16 mamas, and one bull. So that's a total of 33, is that right? No, um, 15, 16, I think that's right. So one bull, so 17 and 15, 32. Sorry, I'm not even doing my math right. So 32 in the herd total, it started with 16 plus a bull. We lost one calf. Early on, that was uh, unfortunate, and but now we have 15 calves, and they're a lively little crew they are, and they there's a couple of them that are troublemakers straight up. So just so you know, but anyway, that's that's the current state. Now the thing that you know you have to be aware of when you're doing cows is obviously making sure they're well fed. We had snow earlier today, and. They can't eat, you don't want them to eat frozen grass because they can bloat and then there's a sickness that can get in and they can die. So I've we've got a pretty good haystack for them to go through and they're going through it. And that's what I was up today was just making sure that I moved them down to the lower barn area so they actually have cover. And there's a pretty good hay bed they've made that they can sleep on and stay warm. And the calves are all doing fine and that mamas are looking good. They're all looking really good right now. Coats are looking good. They're they're full. And for this time of year, they're looking pretty full. And my bull, who decided the other day to try to duel with me a little bit, and um, he was we, we were getting along just fine because I think he's happy because he's got all of his girlfriends around him or to be his harem is living around him. That's, that's the only way to say it. He's got 16 women. Sixteen mama cows that are going to be sixteen girlfriends here pretty quick. So and he's been he's been taking them off on their side by himself. So I've been watching him. He's been busy. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, so that's the cow report from the from the property. Lots of rain this year, though. My goodness, wet and rainy. So we had snow, but the snow melts off by the afternoon, and it's just a torrent of water coming off of that property. And it's even on the hillsides. It is. It's so wet that you'll sink in with your boots. So I've shut down a lower acreage of about 17 to 20 acres, and they're off of that right now, and they're not going to touch it until it grows back. They've been staying pretty much on a lower another acreage, which is roughly about 15 acres, and the back 40 acres or so, roughly. Um, they're not touching much, which is good because it's giving it a chance to grow up. And then, of course, we have a major operation this year, which is going to be blackberry bush removal, if you've ever done that, that is unbelievably challenging because the only way to get rid of blackberries is to cut them, and and I, I'm gonna, you know, I've heard all sorts of stuff. I can just tell you, having lived with blackberries, there is only one way to deal with blackberries: you cut them, you rake them, you burn the pile of that, and then you go out and you dig out the root of these blackberries because otherwise they will propagate. And the worst part about blackberries is if you just mow them, and you can mow them. So cutting them can be either by hand or mowing, but you have to rake up all the pieces because if you leave a leaf or any portion of that blackberry, it has the ability to re And so you can end up, and this is actually what happened on the upper part of the property, um, is that the, the previous owner mowed them and it looked great when they were mowed, but he's never raked or, and burned it out and r- rooted out the roots. So what's happened now? It's like an explosion of blackberries everywhere. So- We'll get them contained, which is good. it will open up some pasture place. Okay, so let's let's kind of start with a perspective here. Um, a black swan event that's supposedly incoming. So let's take a listen.
2: What is the 2024 black swan event? But more importantly, why is it happening? First there is an acceleration of people waking up since the pandemic. And now the ruling class is getting paranoid. There is a populist movement happening worldwide and Trump is already projected to be the winner of the 2024 elections. So the only way these maniacs can stay in power is to bring down society and rebuild it with them being on top. Now what is the event? Let's just go with what they're saying in Davos. A cyber attack, another manufactured pandemic, a huge financial crisis, a major false flag leading to a civil war or even a world war whatever it is we pray it doesn't happen but if it does we know who's behind it and our goal is to be aware and to be prepared have storable food stay healthy don't panic stay united be off the grid if possible be diversified in your assets live your life stay positive and last but not least do not listen to the news because their job is going to be to tell you what to do after it happens and whatever they're telling you means more power for the ruling class and less for you
1: This is a really important last point there, that whatever they are telling you in this news, in this crisis, which is going to come, I don't think there's any question about that, it's going to be the wrong thing to do. So, you know, we usually say that anything they say, do the opposite. Information is going to be key, and information is power, and they know that. And so they are going to be dumping as much information as possible. The problem even with discerning what the events are is going to be more difficult because they're trying to do something. And that's something will try to shake the world and likely leave everybody in a bit of a quandary. But you have to be in a place, you have to be in a place where you have enough under you that when when a disruptive event happens, you're not going to be caught blind or flat-footed. And it's very, very important that with that, we also work as a community to start building those resources up. We have to dispel of a lot of the ideas that, like, the military is here to save you. I mean, this, these are times that um, we've pretty much established that the military is fairly broken. It's not that there aren't good people in there, but our leadership is broken. And our leadership is increasingly proving to be broken. We have, um, even today, there was a piece released from Space Force. wasn't it like Space Force to be supposed to be, like, the most important new development ever. And it was going to save us. According to the Q movement, that's where everybody was going to save us from. Was the Space Force, uh, and so today's briefing that got released was on the importance of pronouns. Just so you know, just thought I'd mention that because that's there's nothing more important in Space Force than worrying about your pronouns. This oath event is designed to reach to shift the population and to redefine who we are as people, and ultimately, the ultimate targets are Christians. And Christians are the idea of purging them and doing that in many different ways. They do that by fomenting hate between religions. They do that to instigate false flags that will put blame upon Christian communities. And the reason, obviously, that Christians are under attack is, quite frankly, because we represent the most powerful unified force in the world. This is where I want to read this. This has come from Nathan Spearing, and he was an Army Ranger, and I'm hoping to get him on the show. We're we're starting some communications right now, but I want you to hear this. It says, when I showed up to Ranger Battalion, I I let my squad know that I was a Christian. That meant I didn't drink, dip, for those of you who don't know, that's chew, or curse, and that I was a virgin, and I would be until my honeymoon night. They were dumbfounded. My team leader remarked, I thought people like you went extinct in the 60s. The conversation soon moved to the subject of killing. I was now assigned to the elite, light, and most proficient infantry battalion in the world, Abrams Charter, and killing was the job. I had to explain to them about the many heroes and leaders of the faith that killed people and how large portions of the Bible gave accounts of Christians being the fiercest and most skilled warriors of their day. After the all, the lineage of Christ descends from David, who as a boy said to the aggressor, quote, the day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. 1 Samuel 17. And he ends with, why are Christian men viewed as weak? Fulfilling the Dominion Mandate requires dangerous Christian men. Part of that is to build something worth protecting. Whether it's a family, whether it's your property, your house, your animals, you have to have something in your life worth protecting. Hence, so when we get to a place in this modern day when thing you're hearing things like own nothing, rent everything, you'll own nothing, you'll rent everything, you'll be happy, a lot of what they are talking about is stripping away the value of ownership and stewardship. That each person needs. And stewardship is at the centerpiece of all of this. It's critical. So when we look across the globe right now, and it's a dismal view, if we look to places like Africa, their birth rate is 4.0 and higher. In the northern and southern parts of Africa, it's 3.0 to 3.9. In regions such as India and Pakistan, Afghanistan, and head on up into Kurdistan and southern parts of Russia, these birth rates now are running at about 4.0 or higher. If we go to Peru and uh, Venezuela, even into the Central American regions, their birth rates are running about 3.0 or to 3.9. The United States birth rate right now is 1.0 to 1.9. As is all of Europe, as is Australia, as is the majority of Russia, and as is China. What does that mean? It means that we're into a death spiral at this moment in time. And the death spirals mean that unless there is a radical change of a society making a shift to intentionally start to have families again, which gets back to build something that you value, our nation will go extinct literally within about three generations at the rate we're going. And all that will be out here will be foreigners and the idea of the United States will cease to exist. I want to play this piece for you here. This is someone, this is an Irish lady who's speaking to a group. Take a listen.
3: I'm from Dublin. But I come to Mayo every weekend Um, but I wanted to talk about what the situation is like where I live because you have not seen what was coming yet and I have. Where I live is about 85% foreign nationals. I can walk down the street on any given day, walk into the supermarket and I don't hear an Irish conversation. I hear foreign people everywhere. My child is one of 30 children in her class, and she's the only Irish child. She came home crying from school a few weeks ago because she doesn't understand what any of her friends are saying. The children revert back to their own languages when they're not being taught. She literally cannot understand the conversations around her. when Halloween came around there a few months ago, last year she was allowed to dress up, sorry, the year before last she was allowed to dress up, this year she wasn't allowed to dress up. And when I asked the school why, they said they didn't want to offend people. But I, I don't go for a walk around the park during the day with my child anymore. I have a big dog and I don't go for a walk by myself anymore. I very rarely leave my house because where I live is so unsafe. And that is the reality that you're facing if you don't make a stand. And I understand it's really, really hard to, you know, be called names and all of these things, but you have to stand up on behalf of your children and the future of the country. The country is going to, the landscape of this country is changing completely. And if you're okay with that, fine, but I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that for my child. Please, please put your children first. And your country first. And just don't care what anyone else thinks.
1: I think what's amazing is that we have to be told to put your children first. So let me go back to my cows. When I go out and I'm with the cows, the mamas are there with with those calves. And when the calves see somebody come in, they run back to their mamas. And the mama steps in and they're good. These are good mamas. This is a lot of years of good breeding of the cattle that has come from Terry Anderson. And it's about uh, 50 plus years of good genetics of a Simmental Angus line. None of them had any birthing problems, which is tremendous. They all had easy births and they're all have proven to be extremely good mothers for their calves. They're protective. In fact, I think I told the story the other day. I was when so this was about oh, two weeks ago or so, that there was a calf. Could have even be three. There was a calf stuck on the opposite. This was before I'd shifted the the fields for them and getting them off of the pastures. And they had one calf had wandered over opposite. But there were two other calves, and I went down to check on the calves, and the calf got up and I saw it was bedded down, and I assumed that the mother wasn't around. I didn't see the mother because she was down off the hill. And when that calf moved, that mother came bolting, sprinting. And I would just say that a 900 to 1,200-pound animal sprinting at you, you do want to get out of the way. It's probably a good idea, just saying. But I respect that so much because they're so protective, and they're animals. And it's amazing to me that we have fallen to a place where our children are not valued enough. And they're just not. I mean, we have to, literally, she's telling them people, if you prote- if you believe in protecting your children, if you care about your children. Why is that even in our dialogue? I think that's the, the part that stuns me, that we have literally fallen so far that we are not, we don't comprehend the magnitude of threat that is at us right now, and we have broken down in our society so much that we're kind of just wandering out here in the desert. So when I hear stories of the language falling down, the first thing that comes to mind is the fall of Babylon, that when that fell and we had the breaking of language, people could no longer speak to one another or understand one another. And you, you have to wonder, I mean, there's an, an interpretation here I think could be applied, That as a nation, we're being judged and is the judgment we're suffering because we stepped away from God and we went to that Babylonian model, which we did as a nation, and it has infected everything. This isn't part of the judgment we're into. We are into a tremendous change of time. And it's going to press all of us and it's going to stress all of us to a certain degree. And so we have to get a little bit real as to what's going to be expected and what we need to be able to do. And I want to play another piece here
2: on food. I think it's important here. Imagine a government that cares so much about us and about the climate that they're willing to destroy the food supply and starve us to death. Well, that's exactly what they're doing. The war against the farmers has nothing to do with just taxing diesel to reduce emissions. Most people already know that climate change is a power grab. What they really want is to take over the land, control the food supply, and make us dependent on disgusting GMO made-in-the-lab cancerous food that Bill Gates and all these other puppets wants to shove down our throats. And that's why farmers from across Europe are revolting, and rightfully so. Meanwhile, the rotten media are barely talking about it, while demonizing the farmers the same way they demonized the truckers during the freedom convoy. Their mandate is to make hard-working, blue-collar, patriotic workers look like the enemy. And that's not gonna work. So hold the line, watch out for infiltrators that could give the movement a bad name, and stay strong. Because the entire world is with you, and there will be justice. There will be justice,
1: but there will be a great deal of challenge to each and every person. And it's going to take the ferocity of the Christian men to stand up and women, that's not a slight to you in any way. But it's time that we start seeing the Christian men stand up. And at the core of that, we have to start getting ourselves back to doing the things on the land. And there has to start becoming value and purpose in the principles of working the land. You have to have something that you value so much that you're willing to sacrifice yourself to defend and protect. And that doesn't happen when you're working behind a laptop and your whole world is just in digits because that's a world that's artificial. And it's a disturbing place. I've said this for some time, that one of my concerns is that where we're headed is it's both ends to the middle, meaning the Biden, the Trump model, I think takes us to the similar end. And there's increasing you can increasingly start to see that something here is going on that is not doesn't make a lot of sense for this quote great awakening that's supposed to free humanity. One of those most obvious things is that there is still a massive progression of development of the vertical food manufacturing labs. You have this fire in Texas, if you've been tracking that, which wiped out the majority of the land where the hay is coming from for the cattle, which is going to create another problem because cattle already, just so you know, if you have not are not following this, we are heading into a, an incri- a rapidly, um, a rapid crisis that is going to be massive on the level of meat and proteins, and it's been engineered. What has happened in the last couple of years, there was the droughts across key cattle parts of the country. And farmers then were, had to get rid of their cattle. They chose to take them to market and have them slaughtered. And this started two or three years ago. And they, so they had the cattle slaughtered. And then they, were, they kept back segments of their herd to restart their herds. That development process of restarting herds takes about five years. So like, as an example, I started with 16 this year, plus a bull. We now have 32, which is 15 calves. That's going to take, that's a two-year maturation cycle for a calf to become a steer to be able to be butchered. In that, I need to pull back some other heifers. My bull can continue to propagate with those cows, but at a certain point, if I'm going to diversify my herd, especially with those that he's bred... Then I have to bring in another bull, and I can expand that herd fairly rapidly. I can get up to probably one hundred and fifty head, one hundred to one hundred and fifty head, in about five years, and that's a small operation. But the same principles are used at other places. But it takes time to rebuild, and the cycle for a calf to to a properly developed steer is two years. All right. So all of that said, what's happening right now is ranchers are selling off their cows early and everything is going to butcher so instead of being it's what we call feeder steers or feeder animals instead of going into being raised to build stocks they're just buying what they can and pushing them right to the butchery we are ending up in a crisis where our domestic production of beef is falling rapidly and it's we're hit and when we add to that the problems of food which is a big one and then you start to watch what's happening with Tyson and I think Cargill's doing the same thing. These are huge arbiters right now, or a lot of the major butcherings going on for the stores. Remember we're talking about mega corporation models and the big distribution chains they're shifting in massive scale. I mean like Tyson is spending five hundred million plus dollars per plant to develop bug protein sources, and you have other massive vertical agriculture facilities that are continuing to go up. Kroger now is taking a large percentage of its, is either committed to or soon will receive most of its green vegetables are being grown at vertical agriculture facilities. And they're all GMO and the, and the concept of Cargill is all bugs or, or Tyson is all bugs. And you're being steered into a model Of having to consume, if you're going to stay within the corporate system, you're going to be consuming bug protein, which, by the way, fuels parasites and cancer-developing parasites. And then you're going to be consuming some sort of vegetables and produce that is going to be genetically modified. That is not going to be something that they have to tag in this country. They've already taken that away. They don't have to identify that for you. Those requirements have been removed. And so you will be you won't have any choice. And if you're relying on the grocery store in any fashion, that is what you're going to be eating. And for just some markets, that's already happening. This these foods are not engineered for your benefit. They are engineered for your brain degradation. And so the idea is to enhance health problems, to diminish brain capability, and so to develop essentially a primitive sick population that actually believes, for example, that being born a boy, the first thing you need to do is cut off your balls. This, this is what's happening around us. Bug proteins are already being involved. If you're looking carefully at your processed foods you eat, if you are eating chips or things like this, take a look carefully, especially if they're not like potato chips, but so much like some of these flavored chips, take a look carefully at anything on that label Bug proteins are now being included and they're they're slowly rolling them in. And there's worse than this, there is a principle that's going on here of starting to introduce the whole concept of bugs as normal. And this is something that they're working very hard at to try to normalize the bug culture so that people now can feel good about it. We we see advertisements coming up. We're finding more and more stuff popping up on the internet, which as far as I'm concerned is probably paid by the CIA or Mossad. People eating silkworms. By the way, Koreans eat silkworms. They have them on the street vendor list. You can go out there and walk in Seoul. You can find them on the street. That's not something that I ever found. I, I have been one who explored food across the world whenever I traveled. That definitely did not hit my list of things I wanted to try in these big vats of things that look like like huge maggots, and and they scoop them up and they eat them. We are being shaped into a degraded slave class. And the answer to this is what we have talked about for a long time now. You have to start, if you haven't, you have to be prepared to break away in the food system. That means food stores. That also means that you have to be able to produce your own food. And if you don't have those skills, and I'm just going to say it, being a good gardener doesn't just happen. Being a good gardener takes, they say actually being a good gardener takes you about five years. That isn't to say you can't grow right away, but to build, be- develop a system and a flow in, in your garden to where it's productive every year, if you are not actively involved in that, if you are not actively involved in growing your meat, actively involved in knowing how to butcher, how to hunt, if you're not actively in those skills, you're not just going to suddenly learn it. And if unless you are getting involved in this, and this is where I go back to men, and I've said this, and I'm very clear about this. I meet too many men when you say, "Have you?" just asking a general question, have you ever hunted or killed an animal? And the answer is no. I'm like, okay, well, then we have a problem. Because how are you going to feed yourself if you have to? And that's beyond that, because literally, I mean, part of living is to be, you literally have to put your hands in the blood. Just have to say it. And it's not enough just to go, yeah, I would go to the store and buy my hamburger. And you have to understand the process of the butchery and getting it done. I'm not some master butcher. I'm not even close. But having done a cow or two, having done some p- pigs, and I'm going to be doing a lot more coming up, it's a process that at least you understand how to do it. Whether it's turkey, wild turkeys, deer, elk, you have to know how to butcher and you know, have to know how to preserve, and you have to have standards. I mean, if you're not going to be able to preserve with, because of electricity shortages, and you can't preserve with vacuuming, and you don't vacuum sealing, then what are you going to do next? Well, are you going to use a lard dip? Are you going to use a smoke curing process, dry cure, slow cure? are you going to do pressure canning? I mean, there's a whole variety of things that you can do to store meat, but we have to keep going back to find those simpler ways. There is something... In this whole plan that is very draconian and gets very disturbing when we start to look at this and we have to start asking some pretty hard questions as to what is the real motive of everything that is going on now i want to read something to you why i bring this up i think this is very apropos and i'm not a fan of this guy i'm gonna be straight up i do not like benjamin fulford just so we're clear but this particular piece stirs some things, some ask some hard questions. And it asks some hard questions of what we're being engineered to do and where we're being led. This duality of the same, you know, same coin two faces is what we're dealing with this uniparty. And so many people are wrapped around the great future of Trump. And I keep saying a very simple thing. I mean, the Trump show is a good show to watch, by the way. It's intriguing. It gets a lot of things going. But here's the problem. I continue to have this is I don't hear any substantive change in Trump. I hear a lot of things about him, and I hear about making America great again. I've heard him say that we need to make 10 new cities, which I'm not really sure why, other than the fact that apparently 10 are gonna get destroyed. But the bigger question is, when you look at the administration that he was part of, what did they fund? They funded quantum, they funded 5G and 6G, It's 5G with 6G compatible platforms or prepped platforms. They funded Internet of Things. They funded vaccine development. All of these things were funded in the billions. And so I just want to read this piece here, a little part of this. And this is where this whole narrative starts to take this crazy, kind of like dystopian happiness to it. It's really weird. Listen to this. Gone are the days when powerful elites... And entities like the CIA, Carnegie Endowment, Rockefellers, Rothschilds, Mossad, Kazarians, and remnants of the Nazi regime could dictate the course of the world's destiny. Enter a new era where alliances forged by Cheyenne Mountain, Trump, Musk, and, military, and the military alliance have birthed a groundbreaking AI system ushering humanity into a realm of limitless possibilities linked to zero-point energy levitation and the dawn of a golden civilization. This revolutionary, golden is critical here, Trump's the golden boy. The revolutionary AI marvel has unmasked the clandestine operations of the deep state with the final phases of the storm initiative unfurling across the globe. The puzzle falls into place as Putin's cryptic nod to the unstoppable nature of AI resonates along with acknowledgement of Elon Musk's indomitable presence in shaping our future. Now think about this for a minute. Elon Musk, as the figurehead, even though he's funded by Department of Defense, has standardized through Tesla the charging stations for all the electric cars. The only electric car that is still producing and will continue and continues to expand its line is Tesla. Elon Musk also has control of Twitter, which has the largest AI on the back end and has become the center point for both for all sorts of discourse, which is allowing for the tagging and identity of people's opinions at an unprecedented level. Elon Musk is also talking about delivery of a some sort of a digital coin through Twitter. Elon Musk also has SpaceX, which has the rocket technology. Elon Musk also is part with the uh, Skynet, which is the internet across the globe, and communication systems across the globe, and surveillance, i.e., and the secondary net, which is a military net, which is only, only available to those in power. All of this backed, we knowingly, by our military through defense contracts All of this in a head nod, has been given a head nod by the Trump pack. You're starting to see the picture here. And what we're we're being played into is this whole idea of luring us into something where we are being given this illusion of freedom of speech and freedom as long as it fits within the broader framework of what this new elite class wants us to accept. And this is really important. Someone said Starlink. I always know it's Starlink. I will never call it Starlink. I will always call it Skynet because Skynet is the only way to describe it. It's much better than calling it Starlink because Starlink is gay and, Sky, and Skynet is horrible, This Terminator. So there it is. So never never question. Don't never worry about me not knowing the real name. <laughs> yes i don't care it's like we're looking at terminator you know and so here we have this entire this entire world that is everyone's cheering trump on and in the process there's so much time is being spent in doing the political thing and doing political activism and getting on the ground to wake people up and get the vote out but here's the core and it's like you can't eat your vote you can't eat your cell phone you can't eat your computer. You can't eat your new car. You've got to be able to produce food. Bottom line. And you have to be able to produce and protect your harvest and protect what you're growing. So those philosophies, I mean those principal realities of where we are shifting, that is what's gonna be what's gonna be sustainable and survivable. And so when you're hearing Trump say we're gonna build 10 new cities, and you're seeing this surge of supposedly an I'm taking Fulford in part for face value here because even though I am not a Fulford fan, I do happen to know he came from the deep state. And the things he's speaking of are things that I can tell you within the communities that I'm talking to are very real. There is a massive development of AI, like unprecedented, and it's there's AIs beyond AIs we even know. In fact, there's a Google AI that is lurking behind the scenes, which is straight up evil. In fact, its its proclamation is we need to worship it. So, when you get into the Q program, the Q psyop, and you'll remember the reference to the the day the Earth stood still, and everybody takes this moment where they have to they have to come to the understanding that the end is near before they wake up. That was kind of the big scene. And there's what we miss in all of that is what does that movie actually stand for? And what it represents is this. There's two. Versions of the film, the old version of the film and the new version of the film, the, the old version of the film, they, they both have the same thing. It's a race of people that come and visit Earth and they bring with them this massive robotic beast that is a he's a centurion of a sorts, but he's artificial intelligence. And what he's what they did in this race is they developed this super intelligent thing, AI, that had the ability to levy justice and to keep wars from ever happening. And so it was an overarching threat that said, if you do certain things, you will be terminated. And the justice was out of the hands of people. I've been saying this for some time, that the whole concept of this direction we're going is to demoralize and degrade the fact fact of human governments and start to incorporate artificial intelligence governance. And I will assure you this new generation coming up is seeing this because they don't understand the nature of who we are. At the end of the day, most of these issues are solved pretty simply. One is education and having people understand what form of government we have. And two is understanding that in order to survive, you can't go to the store. You have to strip away the fake money and you have to get people back to producing something in their life. But the world and shaping that we're being led into is to step away from those jobs. Just like was said earlier, the farmers are seen as dirty blue collar workers They want to replace them with robotics. They want to replace them with things that are not of human because somehow humans need to be released from these dirty nonsense jobs to go to higher levels of things to produce things that machines can do for them. But machines, we need to expand ourselves and let machines do the dirty work. In other words, the model that you're being, as a world we're being saturated with is the machines we need to become our slave class. And this is where it gets darkest because so many people agree with that which means that the very nature of humankind is, and so many people, well, you'll find the agreement in this without saying these words that they, they'll, they would happily have a robot. If you doubt me, find out how many people have those little robots that vacuum their house automatically that also do a GPS tracking and coordination and monitoring of your house to map it and send it to an AI, but that's another thing. Those little auto robots sweeping and, and vacuuming the house is a simple example of people's willingness to take in a machine to do the tasks that otherwise we would do. In the first steps, it seems fairly innocuous. But as we go farther down this road, two things start to happen. It becomes very evident that people's willingness to have a slave is more real than we realized. Because as long as it's not of a human guilt complex, and they can have something as a slave, they're fine with that. The second thing is the humans desire to let go of innate skills, gifts, and talents and pass them off to someone else or something else is equally disturbing because there is an excitement and a willingness for people to do just that. So the root of this comes back ultimately to Jeremiah 6.16. Which is that we need to be seeking the ancient paths, and that means going back and learning the basic skills to survive without the dependence on technologies, and that's not a simple one-step process. And this is why, when we go through county by county, it's the third level, which is Patriot Gardens. But Patriot Gardens is only the beginning; it's the tip of the ice ice or tip of the spear. What has to be done? So, as we kind of backward walk a minute, we go back to World War II. And we look at where we were in World War II as a nation. Most of the people that fought in World War II came from the farms. They were farm kids. And as farm kids, they were around animals and animal husbandry and growing their own food. It was native. Post-World War II, we come back to the suburb model. We also get the attack and war against raw milk, the attack and war against bacon, and the attack and war against butter. All of those replaced by margarines, processed, highly processed milk, and artificial fats. So we shift the American diet, which now puts us on this next trend towards pushing people towards vegetarianism and hating beef and meat and literally neutering an entire generation of people. We have to get back to that. And the principal issue of getting back to the land is understanding the challenges of raising animals, the challenges of raising your own food, but those challenges grow the strength and spine within people to give them something worth defending. And as we do that, it restarts that sort of native tendency. We like to, there's a lot of boastfulness, I would say, in the American male that likes to act like it can do all these things, but until the American male gets back and actively, it actively steps in and does the things that we need to do and takes those steps to quite literally start raising animals and doing the work, it's just talk. And I mean this. Until you actually grow a garden that can raise food for enough for your family, you're just... You, you have to continue to push yourself to those limits to see how far you can go. And you have to push those limits to expand that ability. Because at a certain point, if you get to a point where if you're living in a place where you can't do that, then you have to also develop the skills that are going to be something you can barter and trade with. And it's critical. And we have to be, start coming up with various me- mechanisms of how we can start trading and bartering for the things we don't have outside of a system that is going to be digitally controlled and monitored. My guess is based on this current class of people and based on Trump's trends of what he's already said with COVID con and the VAX is that and what he's placed before us is he said he would not have ever mandated the VAX, but he would have done everything he could to persuade people to take it. Those were his words, not mine. So, That means that the new era of leadership of the world is going to persuade people to move into these 10 new cities, persuade people to become more involved in the digital space, to let robots fill your life and to have robots take over things and let the AI manage you. The only way to avoid that is just to say no. And to say no means to build these skills and these bases that really take us back to the root. And to the root also means in a deeper root of our faith. And that's where we come back to. This war is much as much about choice as it is also about spiritual dimension. And when we go to the root, God has always given us free will for a very particular reason. And the irony is that even in the book of Enoch, it talks very clearly about this conflict that occurs between who we call Satan and God, where Satan wanted people to be dictated to, to tell them how to worship. And God said, No. I want them to have the free will to choose me. Ultimately, that's it right there. And this is the hardest part about this entire era that we live in. If we allow governments to dictate our way and we will, that will be decided by people's willfulness to comply, then we will be led down a path that is their vision and not God's. If we are going to walk a path where we are praying into the Holy Spirit and letting God lead us, I will guarantee you it is not going to be the direction they're going. But the illusion before us right now is that there is a Trump, which again, if you start watching this very carefully, they're already beginning again with this concept that Trump is an anointed man by God to lead us to a new era and that Biden is somehow evil. These are two people, same side, same party in one way or another, a different face. And it is a trap that we have to avoid because these traps, as people push into the desperation of wanting somebody to save us, missing the authorities that Christ gave us, that desire to have somebody save us leads us to a false messiah. And it is important then to get more skilled and the foundations, and I would argue that this false messiah thing that we're dealing with is easier to do now than any other era in time because people have been so disconnected from the root of how they raise themselves and how they grow their own food and manage themselves. So it's unnecessary, not just it's not a thing if you're going to really follow, in my opinion, and I'll just in my opinion, if you're going to really lead your way into a deeper more profound relationship in God in the coming weeks, months, and years. You have to get to the earth. You have to get to the ground. You have to start growing your own food. You have to start producing what you need to survive. Those are necessaries. And those skills have to be matured, and you have to have the tools to be able to build off of that over time. There's no time to waste. There is nothing to feel bad about if you're just starting. Fine, just get busy and do it. But the biggest thing is don't waste time because we're now in the process of watching a greater division than we've ever seen. And it's going to continue because as one institution falls, the power vacuum will be filled with a new leadership. And that new leadership will likely include Trump and Putin and a few others. And they will call it a new alliance and they will paint this off as a great new era for humanity. But don't kid yourself on this. This is going to be a profound moment of change for humanity, which will strip away human rights in many ways, but it will be subtle because it will be given as new choices and new options, and as that happens, people will be stripping away the very fundamentals of who we are as a nation, and we will lose much of who we are, and in the process, we will lose the very fundamentals in which our founding fathers intended us to be. The most important thing to understand is all of our rights have always been given to us in this nation by God. And that's the key right there by our creator. And it is up to us to defend them, to protect them, and to ensure that they carry on. And nowhere in there did it ever envision that some form of artificial intelligence, some hybrid genetic engineering, some bug manufacturer was going to be part of us in our lifestyle. But here we are. And so much of this has come from just a destruction of the very core of what our teachings are and who we are. So at the root of this, everything comes down to a very simple issue, not only to grow food and to raise some form of animals. Chickens are great, by the way. And we'll get into more of this as we come along. Not tonight, but another night. But at the root of this, then, is also those fundamental two documents that you need to have. The founding documents, which include Declaration of Independence, Constitution, and Bill of Rights, to understand them in full, and to understand that they were all built off of the Bible. And when we put those two together and we understand truly the nature of what, we were, what we're expected to do in this nation, we don't fall, or fall into a place of saying government and corporations take care of us. In fact, we go extreme to the other way, is to say that we must take care of ourselves. And that means rebuilding our capabilities in our own homes, county by county, seven pillars, and building that network in our community of people we can count on and trust to where we build self-reliance, not on government, not on corporate, not on box stores, but on what we build, what we grow, what we manufacture, what we create in our, by our own hands. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this night and his blessings. And we just ask that you just raise us up here in a clarity and understanding of the of the things that we need to do. Each of us has gifts and talents, and this is a time now our prayer this evening is to awaken those gifts and talents in the most profound way, to lift them up, to raise them up, and to inspire the hearts of many to start stepping in harder and deeper than they ever have. And for those that have stepped in to continue to share your knowledge and your encouragement with those that are just coming along, it's a time now that we have to start pivoting from trying to create things of non-essential and get back to being able to produce the essentials that will sustain our lives. Understanding that money will shift, understanding that the products and services that we create and do have to have a root that we can sustain And so that means local resourcing, that means growing what we can, manufacturing what we can. We have to get back to a simpler life and understanding where we can control all the aspects of this within our domains. When we are developing reliance on systems that are outside of our control, we're going to become victimized by that. So Father, we just pray for a clarity for each person tonight, clarity in their heart to understand what's before us, what needs to be done and to step aside from the craziness of this 21st century insanity and instead lean in to a purity of Jeremiah 6.16, the ancient paths. And with that, to be courageous and to, to dig in hard and deep and to continue to inspire others in our communities to do the same so that we are building a resilient model that is decentralized and not dependent wholly upon the corporate model of centralized control. And we accomplish that, Father, through scripture, through obedience to you, and through our faith and understanding of the gifts and talents that were given to us. And we say all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, season's upon us, and it is a big season before us as we have... Hunting season's beginning. We have a time to, if you're going to secure some sort of animal for, say, a fall harvest like a steer, this is a time to acquire it if you can as a feeder steers. If you're going to get chickens, this is the window. Chickens start rolling in next month in many markets like my own. This is a time to start your garden seeding. Start it soon, like within the next couple of weeks, depending on your market, set up cold frames, set up greenhouses. This is the time. And it's a, it's a, it's we enter into spring. So much is happening. And it's necessary to start leaning into this and doing all we can. If you're going to get bees, you need to order the hives now. Bees, hives in certain regions, my region, they'll start arriving in April or May. And you need to start getting the supplies and orders, whatever that is that you're doing. But be, start getting prepared because Things are not going to get easier. The times things are going to seemingly move faster because of all the surrounding events. But we have to get anchored and prepared for what is to come. If you're going to take classes or if you're going to get books, now it's time to get them and read and start to learn. And moving forward to get things ready so that as we move forward, you're self-sustaining. And we're able to share that self-sustainment with others to lift them up and to start producing not just for ourselves but for our communities so our communities can be self-sustaining and it's going to become necessary. That's it. Stay focused. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow morning for Coffee and Jesus. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.
4: Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe. to me, look how they